What's going on, Success Edge listeners? Tyler McCart coming at you live right here. At least in my house, I am. Episode 23, The King's Wealth. Man, I'm excited to share with you about this. Here we go. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in again. Obviously, I am back and being more and more consistent and uh, obviously going to continue to do one episode at a time. That's all I can do. That's all I can. That's all you need to expect of me. But man, I'm excited to be able to talk to you guys and be able to share with you uh, exactly kind of what God puts on my heart. And I'm honored that you would actually listen to me again. You know, I know I, I repeat that, but I am honored. You know, I think um, my podcast, since the inception of it, uh, we've had over 2,000 downloads of various podcasts. Um, I know that my most popular podcast uh, so far uh, was actually Mr. Chris Rice uh, and I. He had He's got a, a good number of downloads on that. Uh, I know that's a good one to listen to. Uh, I know that the Kings Calling All Kings Part 1 actually skyrocketed up there uh, for a good little while and is still kind of uh, being downloaded quite frequently. So, guys, I'm, I'm honored. You know, share this. Uh, if, if, you, if you don't mind, if you find value with this, uh, please share it. Uh, get it out there. Get the word out. Uh, I know that uh, I'm not really trying to push this hard. Uh, as far as you know, getting this word out there uh, of this podcast. But again, my podcast is directed to anybody in the marketplace. If you're a Christian or you want to be a Christian, all right, uh, or you would like to know that you're, if you die today, you were to go to heaven, you know, obviously it's as simple as asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart and making him the Lord of your life. Yep, that's about as simple as it gets. And, but if you want to be successful as a believer, all right, coming not from a pulpit stand pulpit standpoint or a ministry standpoint, but as a business owner, as a person that does have a professional job, somebody that has been in the marketplace and had to do battle with the enemy in the marketplace over certain situations and situations out there, gang, this is for you. Uh, if you're a mom, if you're a dad, if you're, you know. Um, if you're a teacher, if you're uh, in politics, if you are in as an entrepreneur, if you're in sales, whoever you are, you know this podcast is definitely geared towards you. Okay, so I want to dive into this uh, because the last episode, you know, my last episode that I did is calling all kings part three. You know, I read something in uh, Deuteronomy. And I believe, if I can look back and see what that was, I believe that was Deuteronomy 17. I will confirm that. Coming up here in one second. Deuteronomy, yep, 17. And uh, kind of mainly hovering around 14 through 16, I believe. You know, it talks about in there that a king is not supposed to... um, have many horses or, you know, uh, not supposed to have a lot of silver and gold and so forth. But, you know, I, um, I want to be, I, I kind of mentioned or alluded to that last week and I want to come back to that because I have to tell you my personal experience with this. 
And it's just my personal experience. And I've got a whole bunch of scripture and a whole bunch of things that I can, you know, I'm going to back up with this and just how my thought process has changed and how I've had to look at things a lot differently. Uh, but just please hear my heart and just listen in. Don't tune me out yet. Just listen in because I want to just come at you just straight up as, as a brother in the Lord and as a, as a king. You know, because here's the thing, um, as a king in this world, you know, because you are a king in the marketplace, where, where does the enemy have the, the most, or or a lot of the power, obviously tied up in money and an influence, right? Money and influence. Now, with that being said, doesn't it make you think, well, you know, We've got to be able to take the spoils or take back, you know, the goods that the enemy has taken. And some of that is the wealth. Now, I'm not just talking about money. I mean, that can be anything from, you know, goodness, oil or an idea. All these different things that the enemy has taken, we as believers should rise up. We should be the ones kicking butt and taking names. We should be not some weak wimp of a Christian at all. You should never feel like you should be a weak wimp Christian. If you ever come across and ever think that way, man, trust me, Mr. McCart here will tell you otherwise. And you need to be bold as a lion. It says that in Proverbs. It says that you should, the righteous are bold as a lion. You should not back down. You know why you shouldn't back down? Because you've got the God of this universe living inside of you. Yeah. God Almighty lives inside of you. Man, let me get back to this wealth thing. So here was Tyler. Tyler's growing up, and you know, in the church that I grew up in, there was, you know, things said from, you know, the pulpit about having money, or, you know, you don't want to have too much money, or, you know, money might become your God, or, you know, I would hear different things on, you know, different television programs that, you know, um, you know, money is the root of all evil, or I'd hear someone say, oh, you know, they're so materialistic, you know, look at how much money they make or whatever. And I, I'll just tell you a quick story, actually, this will be a great story. So I'm on the golf course, actually with a gentleman, and he and I are going, you know, through, you know, playing golf. And, you know, he's actually getting ready to go into the mission field. Great guy. He loves the Lord. And, but this just kind of gives a kind of a good snapshot of, you know, the mindset that, you know, even I had a little bit of, right? I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm, I was guilty of this kind of mindset until I kind of renewed my mind to what the word of God said. So me and this gentleman, let's call him Joe. So Joe and I are on the golf course and, you know, we're hitting the golf ball around and, you know, we're talking about the things of the Lord and, you know, having a good time. And, you know, he's getting ready to go on a mission trip and so forth. And, and, you know, we're hitting the golf ball and we come back on the backside of, you know, I, I don't know what hole it was. It might've been the, you know, 10th hole, 11th hole. I'm not sure. But if you know anything about houses on a golf course, usually the houses on a golf course are pretty nice. And sometimes there is a good view from a house or a house has a great view overlooking the golf course or that, or that hole in the golf course. Well, we, we, I just had glanced up at this house and it had this bodacious, awesome swimming pool and 
um, stainless steel grill that was ginormous. I mean, you could roast a huge pig on this grill, man. It was massive, but it was big. Okay. It was big. And you know, my friend Joe said this, he said, man, look at, look at that, man. They could, they could have probably been using that money for something else, put it out actually over there, you know, into the mission field or done something else with it instead of spending it on that, you know, big grill. You don't need that kind of big grill. And I said, hold the phone, (laughs) hold the phone, Joe. Whoa, 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 hold the phone. I said, Joe, I said, my man, you know, obviously number one, we're not called to judge people. Okay. I used to be guilty of this, Joe. You don't need to be guilty of this anymore. We're not called to judge people. All right. Number two, you have no idea what percentage of that person's income that that gas grill or that pool represents. If I took, you know, what majority of people do, or actually majority of Christians are, you know, they are in over their head with their own house versus the percentage of income or even their car, which is a depreciating asset that the percentage of income that they have coming in versus the car they drive is way out of whack. Versus maybe what this gentleman or this family has for as this gas grill in their nice house. I mean, you don't know. You have no idea. And Joe sat there and looked at me and said, you know, Tyler, I, I never thought about it that way. That it was more based upon percentage than upon amount or anything. Wow. You know what? That That's what helped me. That's what helped me kind of start looking at things a little bit differently instead of judging somebody just because they drive a nice car. Well, maybe they actually have that car paid off, you know, and they don't have, they don't owe any debt on that. You know what? That person is a whole lot more wealthy than the person that has a car note. (laughs) Because honestly, the person that has the car note really doesn't even own the car. (laughs) The bank does. Stop making the payments on the car and see what happens. Hello? Hello? (laughs) anyway, I mean, I get fired up about this kind of stuff because you know what, you know, and I would be in church and I would hear people say, you know, well, you know, you know, that person makes, you know, a hundred and some thousand dollars and man, that's, you know, man, they just are materialistic. And I'm just like, well, at what point do you, is there like a certain cap of how much money someone can make and, you know, how much you have or whatever, or how much money you make. And all of a sudden, well, this makes you righteous. But if you go $1 over, that makes you unrighteous, man. That is a bunch of baloney, a bunch of baloney. And man, I tell you something, guys, here's the thing. I hear me loud and clear on this. Mr. McCart, Tyler McCart, God, even God himself wants you wealthy. Yep. There you go. God wants you wealthy. You know why I know God wants you wealthy? Because whenever it says in the Great Commission, go ye therefore into all the nations and preach the gospel. Well, I heard a great friend of mine, Matt, say this. That little phrase, go ye, there's dollar signs following that. 
You just can't send someone across the world and send a whole bunch of Bibles with that person and set up meetings and set up tents and set up, you know, lights and all this stuff to be able to get the, get the gospel out for free. It doesn't work that way. So people need to get in their heads that, and I had to get in my own head that money is not evil. True statement though, the love of money is the root of all evil. When you actually love something, it doesn't matter if it's a green piece of paper. It could be, you know, that you love something more than you love the Lord, then that is wrong. That leads to evil. Whatever it is that you love more than the Lord is the root of all evil. Money is just an example of that. Okay? So... Here, here's a statement. Here's, here's just a couple of thoughts for you. <clears throat> you know, if you really want to kind of have a little checkup from the neck up about how, you know, what, where you're at with yourself when it comes to money, why don't you check your checkbook and your calendar? Check those two things. Check how much are you giving into the kingdom of God? Or are you spending all that money on entertainment or uh, restaurants or whatever, or in debt? I mean, I, I apologize, guys, if I feel like I'm coming across, but this this is near and dear to my heart, and I, I'm just coming at you with this, you know, loud and clear. Calendar, you know, where are you spending your time? Are you making investments? I mean, I, I just had an, you know, are you taking every opportunity? to be the best employee you possibly can be on your job? Are you encouraging your fellow employees that, man, they say, man, there's something different about John over there, right? Let's keep going through my notes, all right? So here's the thing. You're a king. Jesus says, you know, that if we're going to keep this whole kings and priests types things, you know, Jesus basically said that, you know, the end time prophecy was the Romans one, uh, verse five and six, basically that, you know, he's, he's called unto himself, unto God, kings and priests. Okay. So, and Jesus also said that he's the king of kings. So I don't have time to get into self image or how you see yourself as a Christian or how you see yourself as a king, but I will get into that here soon. Trust me, because how you see yourself is going to determine how much of an influence you're going to be able to make and how much value you'll be able to make into this world. Again, slow down, Tyler. (laughs) Slow down. But let's talk about this. Jesus wants you wealthy. Jesus himself is wealthy. I can point to a number of places, but Jesus had a treasurer, okay, Poor, a poor person doesn't have a treasurer. Jesus had to, had so much wealth coming through his ministry that he had to have a treasurer, right? You think about, you know, Jesus, um, there were, you know, the soldiers, the Roman soldiers, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, basically, you know, they, uh, they shot dice and gambled to find out who was going to take his, uh, his clothes. Well, last time I checked, no person, no, especially a Roman soldier or any kind of soldier would ever want the clothes of a poor person. So obviously Jesus had to have some wealth. 
you know, men and women of great wealth and, you know, of were attracted to him. That was not a coincidence. Business people were attracted to him. It's not a coincidence, guys. All right? Let's get a change in mindset. But here's what you got to here's what we have to do as a, as a believer. Here's what we have to do as kings, all right, whenever it comes to our wealth. And I wrote this statement down. Why are you in the place you're at? The whole purpose of you being in the place that you're at is to bring the kingdom of God's culture to that environment. To create a garden of Eden actually in that environment. That environment should be flourishing. I think of Joseph uh, as an example, because man, wherever Joseph was planted, that place prospered. Potiphar's house prospered. The prison prospered. Egypt's government and everything in the land of Egypt prospered because of one man. And because that one man was all about his Lord and Savior, well, not his Lord and Savior, but at that time, but his God, which was God Almighty, right? Let's keep going. All right. Now watch this. Now hear me on this. Okay. You know, you weren't created. You weren't designed to be sovereign over anything. Okay. Because you were created. You were designed to serve the one who meets your needs. You were created and you were designed to serve the one who meets your needs. So who is, who, who meets your needs? You know, I just, I actually just got off the phone with a guy. Um, I called him up actually, uh, just to check his interest. Um, you know, uh, I actually, well, actually I stumbled across his business card and we got to talking on the phone and I wound, later wound up, you know, thinking he's a great guy and I would check his interest about, about my business team. I always do that. You know, if I meet somebody that's kind of like-minded and everything, well, anyway, this guy just, you know, he just had come off a bad relationship and you know, here's the thing. I encouraged him to make sure that that relationship was not his source, that that relationship did not define him. That relationship was not meeting his needs. Okay. But the only thing that should be meeting his needs should be his Lord and savior. His, the, the God should be his only source. All right. That's why the Paul in Philippians four nineteen says, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God should be your only source, only source, no matter what. Let's keep going. Your redemption slash salvation is not complete without divine provision. Ooh, man, this is good. Let me say this again. Your redemption slash salvation is not complete without divine provision. I got this statement actually from Bill Winston. Uh, again, he, I, I was listening to one of the things. And here's the thing what Bill kind of communicated, which I thought was really good. That any time, I mean, here's the thing. Your salvation does not just stop with you actually, you know, Jesus down the cross so that you can get into heaven. No. Your salvation begins this whole entire journey of you bringing the kingdom of God into this world. Yes, this world where that, cause God, that's what God wanted to do anyway. He wanted to bring heaven to earth. That's why he, that, you know, the garden of Eden was the worst possible, um, thing 
that God created. I know that might blow your mind, but if you think about it, you know, that was just the beginning. And what does God do? God always increases. God does exceedingly abundantly above all we can think or ask or imagine. So do you think that starting point was just going to be the best? No. He wanted to start right there and increase it, multiply it, make it better. And you were called to do that. And in your redemption, God didn't just stop short of saying, hey, great, glad you got your ticket to heaven. You know, welcome aboard, guys. You know, we'll see you when you get on the other side. Absolutely not. He wanted you to be able to kick butt and take names down here. Well, you have to do that by getting influence and getting provision, getting money, getting resources. A couple examples of that. David. David went out to, you know, chase some, chase down some people. And I'm, I'm not sure exactly the, the actual store, uh, the actual place in the Bible where it talks about it. But anyway, David and his men come back and his, uh, the Philistines, I believe it was, or some, some, you know, army had plundered and took his women and children. Okay. Well, David had to encourage himself in the Lord. And not only did David go and get his women, get the women and children back, but he also got all, he had his spoils back, all the, the provision that was taken from him. Plus, he got all of the provision and all the spoils from the other army. Anytime that you see in the word, I mean, you can go to King Jehoshaphat, all right? Second Chronicles chapter 20. It said that, you know, the that army that came against them, God delivered them. God gave them salvation. God gave them salvation, guys. And they were able to plunder and get provision from that enemy. I'll give you a great example of this and I'll end with I'll finish up with a couple other thoughts. Exodus, when the children of Israel, I read that this morning, when the children of Israel left and was were being, you know, set free, salvation <laughs> from Egypt, you know what happened? God didn't leave them empty-handed. They plundered and took all the wealth. It says it right there in the Bible. It says it right there in the Bible that they took all the wealth from Egypt. And I believe that's either, uh, it's in Exodus. Um, hang on, I'll tell you in a second. My um, iPad's pulling it up right now. Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on. But it's Exodus, I believe it's in uh, chapter 20. It's right when they're leaving. Basically, it's the t- after the 10th plague. And, you know, they're leaving. Well, the Egyptians, God gave them favor, basically, um, with the Egyptians. So it's either in... Yeah, probably Exodus 12 or 13. Okay. Actually, I think it's Exodus 13 that um, that they basically talk about this, where that they plundered, took all the wealth out of Egypt. Okay. So here's the thing. That's a, that's a type and shadow of us believers. And it's not just when we get to heaven. Okay. That's here because it happened for the children of Israel here on earth. So guess what? It happened. It'll happen for us. The last thing. All right, and I'm I'm done with this. I promise I'm done. I know that I'm gone a little too long on my um you know podcast here, but I'm just really passionate about this. 
<clears throat> is that your heart has just got to be right. Okay. Your heart has got to be right. And I want to, you know, read actually, um, where David, King David, all right, this is really good, but I'm getting ready to share with you. Okay. It says in first Chronicles 29 verse two, all right. David says this is when David is getting ready to give the kingdom of Israel, um, over to his son, Solomon. But it says that David says, and this reveals his heart. Remember the love of money is the root of all evil. But if you love the Lord, then guess what? And that's who your focus is. And your, your focus is only the Lord. Guess what? All these things shall be added unto you. So watch this. So David reveals his heart when he says in first Chronicles 29 verse two says, now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God. And what did David prepare? David gave, not only gave probably millions of dollars to the kingdom of God for the material of building the temple, but he gave in that one offering. Okay. That the Bible scholars and everything say that the amount of money in today's time, all right, he said that they he gave 1.2. This is from David's own personal savings of all the battles he had went out and won and conquered. $1.2 billion. It says in verse 2, uh, verse 3 and 4, it says, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good of good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, even three thousand talents of gold and of gold of or orphan orfer, whatever that word is, seven thousand talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the house with with all gang. And you know what it did? It because David did that, it inspired the people, the children of Israel, to give even more. If you look at that in First Chronicles twenty nine six through nine, they gave, and according to the the looking at it, one point eight billion dollars. That's a lot of do re mi fa so la ti do, just for the just for the house of God, right? Man, this is good. God wants you wealthy, but if you set your affection, just like what David says in, in verse 3, 29 verse 3, he said, I have set my affection on the house of my God. Gang, if you're building your own little empire, it's going to fall. But if you love the Lord and your pastor you know, or some ministry that you're all about, you want to be, go out and take your talents and abilities and passions into the marketplace and add value, give it to people. And people are going to give you money. People are going to, you're going to start to have influence over them. And you know, what's going to happen. I guarantee you this, you'll be able to channel that money back to the house of God. Man, you'll be able to channel the money back to the house of God. I love what Doug, one of my uh, my mentors, says. He says he says, you know, really, we're just a, we're just a distribution channel, or really kind of like a water hose. You know, you stick stick the water hose up, you know, with a pipe. You turn it on, water flows out to the point where you need to put, get it to. But you know what? The water hose gets wet too. 
Yep. You're going to get wet too, guys. You're going to get wet too. And I t- I'm telling you that you as an entrepreneur or, you know, and really if you get down to it, why I feel like that every Christian, every Christian, okay, if you're a king, every Christian, I this is just my personal personal belief. I feel like every Christian is called to own their own business at some point in some season in their life. And here's the reason why I wrote this down from one of Bill Winston's uh, statements. It says through entrepreneurship, you tap into the creative capabilities to create something that would meet a need or service. And in this environment, you might be improving life, but people are not fighting over the same slice of pie. They are creating a bigger pie. You hear that? When you go out and you take your talents, your gifts, and you start to give them to people, start to sow them into people. And I'm going to go over this in, as we talk about the go-giver here soon. But you know what? People start to see that. And guess what? God sees that. He starts channeling things to you. And guess what, guys? You can set your affection onto the house of your God. Man, that's good. God wants you wealthy, guys. That's why I titled this The King's Wealth. You don't love money. Money's just a tool. Money just gets it gets the job done. It's the go ye. That's what money does. Money helps the go ye. Alright? That's what we need as kings need to get excited about. Get excited about that. Wow, 30 minutes. <laughs> Man, I really kind of told all on this one. You heard Tyler McCart's uh, passion about this. But man, guys, I want you wealthy. We can talk more about how to get wealthy in the kingdom of God. And guess what? It, I, I'll just give you the short secret of it. It's the simplest thing. It's called sowing and reaping. That's it. Giving and receiving. That's the kingdom's core principle. That's how you get wealthy. Right there. All right, guys. Love you guys. Send this out. Share it. Have a great one. Bye.